You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's University of Miami fan Dan Thompson. Just deletory. <laughs> oh man, how y'all feeling, man? Same corner, same time. Let's start with you. What's up? What's up? Happy what's up, Father's up? Day. Happy Father's Day. Were you showered with love? Dad on this show. It that's crazy. You got some dog dads, but you're the only one with yeah. two. So how was your your Father's Day? Great, man. Great, man. Had a good time. Enjoyed it. Uh, spent some time with my dad a little bit. Um, not a lot. Then took the kids out to the beach. Enjoyed a nice sunset. Uh, played some soccer on the beach. Raced Harlem. Just vibe, man. You know? Um, Are you still winning that? Yeah, 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 bro. I'm, I'm, I'm light now, too, man. I'm weighing in like 142 or something like that. Next I'm not going to lie, Silk. You put that picture. I don't know if it was on Instagram or if it was on, on Twitter. Twitter. It's on both. Um, you know, looking, I got, looking I got first lean. trap on both. Uh, right, man. looking, looking lean. Super lean. I mean, lean, it's been man. it's been a few months since we've uh, we've been together. I think the last time I saw you was in Jacksonville last year. Um, but you're looking very lean, very lean. Yeah. Eight pack. Yeah. Jeez. The, yeah, the yeah, one time yeah. Silk has ever been speechless, I hit him with like a mono joke at one of the Florida camps, and he said nothing back. He was like, "Damn." I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not, cause I was always a big guy, like not always a big guy, but as an adult, I put on a lot of muscle. So, um, getting the, 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 the skinny jokes was new to me. So I didn't have, a, I didn't have a quick rebuttal that day, but now I probably got something for you, Nick. Oh, well, not, not any meat, not any protein. <laughs> Pause, man. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. I had to, I had to switch meat that for a meat free diet. Uh, Nick, how was your weekend? Uh, good, good. No, nothing big. Watch some College World Series. Uh, nothing to report, really. Who's going to win? I haven't been following ever since the Gators lost. Um, I like Arkansas and Oklahoma. Those are the two teams I think have the best shot. Arkansas just needs to – they don't have enough pitching to come out of the loser's bracket. But uh, they put a beating on them. And uh, I think Auburn just won. So, like, all the teams that have won – we're not national seeds. Oh, wow. What you doing all that downtime? Just living. <laughs> Vibing out, huh? Just living. I like Any it. fun stories? No? No, no. I started working out again. Good. Doing doing CrossFit. Everything I hurts. inspired you. I inspired you. I could tell. You did. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, getting back into it. Everything hurts. Uh... Yeah, it's it's just been nice. A little bit of downtime. Did you see Brandon Spice got hit by a bus at the airport? That's nuts. Like I need to know that story. I got to know. I've got to know the full story because there's not only that he got hit by a bus, but there was somebody there that took a photto of him and then he posted Posted it on Twitter to let us know, or whomever posted on Twitter to let us know that he got hit by a bus. Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably not him. If you get hit by a bus, you're probably not being like, hey, can you grab my phone? Because uh, I need to tweet that out real quick. But he tweeted know. from his account. Yeah, it went from his account. He's got you people. Know? 
saying, 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 I just got hit by a bus. He's got a team. He's got a team. He's got a team. Yeah, the um, team took the picture. Of course, he somebody yeah, he's there in the next race. And <laughs> whoever took the picture is the person on the team. I got to know more of the story. Yeah, yeah. We got to get him on the show to talk about that, but also a bunch of other things. For sure. And somebody on the team should be getting hit by the bus for you. Yeah, there's just a think, lot of questions I, that that need a mission. I don't think it was on a mission to get hit by the bus, Nick. I think he was kind of like just at the airport, and he, he didn't have his head on the swivel. He's not the same Brandon Spikes, man. He didn't see it mm. coming. I'll be honest with you. I've been on some of those buses taking me to rental car places and stuff like that at the airport. They show no mercy. They, yeah, they're, zipping. they're zipping. They got a schedule yeah. to stay on. Yeah. Um, now, he knows what, now he knows what no Sean Moreno felt like. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick had that one in the bag. Um, nice. Boys, I went scalloping this weekend. Have you guys ever been? Ticket scalloping? Yes. No, scalloping. Oh, oh, no, no, never been. Nick, you've been. Been scalping before. Though. One time, um, <laughs> forgot to put lotion on my back. Oh, that'll do it for you. You're fried. So basically, uh, it's basically like snorkeling. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So you're just hovering along, uh, like third degree burns on my back because we yeah. were out there five, six hours, or whenever we hit limit, we then come back in. Uh, but yeah, one time, delicious. Yeah, a lot of fun, uh, so just, but painful. Right, elaborate more, man. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, this I, is I like no my Nick, Nick didn't I, give me a good description there. I man. think this is my fourth or five, fifth time that I've been. Burnt. So uh, I went he was upside with, down. Yeah, <laughs> went with with Brooke, my parents, and my aunt and uncle. Had a blast. We went up to Steenhatchie, which is if you're unfamiliar, it's kind of like where Florida curves uh, at the Panhandle there. So we're there. Um, season just started, so you go out a couple miles offshore, and your we went during low tide, so your the scallops are. What, what look to be in like little scallop shells or they look kind yeah, of know, like clam know, shells the and they sit on top or at the bottom of seagrass. So you're in probably a foot and a half, two feet of water. Um, you're snorkeling. Um, I chose to wear a life vest cause I'm not great at just floating. It's just not a, a skill that I was ever really taught. Um, so wear a life vest or life jacket, and then you just sit on the top of the water. And then when you see an open scallop, you see their little blue eyes, you, permeating um and we have these little nets that you just go down there some people just pick them up by hand and then you just put it in a bag and um we are allowed one gallon per person on the boat up to five gallons so there were nice. six of us we got uh five gallons both days in a couple of hours but just uh it's a great vibe because you're you're boating you're out there um but you're also a little bit you're by yourself right so you're out there it's some good good alone time some yeah, be with your thoughts and, and see that's on five be with the man. life or the sea life um, yeah, really really, it, really fun um it's been a few years since i've been so really glad that i went uh but I encourage anybody it's it's on the west coast of florida uh really from like crystal river homosassa up to steen hatchy for a couple months a year so find yourself somebody with a boat some snorkel gear and go get you some bay scallops and have yourself some delicious meals that's a lot to go get to go make that happen though Dan. you just said find somebody with with all that well i got a boat We'll oh, find a snorkel clip, man. We'll just we'll you, ain't call, you ain't called me this time, bro. Holla yeah, at me, yeah, man. yeah. And I don't don't uh, well, didn't have space, you know. Next time. For sure, man. I'm down <laughs> to scallop, time. man. Um, YOLO, you only live once, man. That's right. No, I definitely encourage anybody that's ever been to go. Uh really, really fun. Enjoy it. Um, so yeah, man, uh delicious, fresh scallops. Incredible. You feel, you, well, I know the vibes now. I'm I'm Bahamian, yeah. so I know I know the vibes of fresh conk. conk. 
scallops, all that type of stuff. I just never been scalloping or went to go get no kung. I have family that died for it, but not not your boy. You know, prices everywhere have been going up, but I'll tell you the only place inflation isn't hitting is people that shuck scallops for you. Now you can do it by hand yourself, or you can go down. We paid seven whole dollars for somebody to shuck five gallons gallons. of oysters. Seven dollars. Right. And we tipped them after, but seven dollars is the going price for 45 minutes worth of work. What? You gotta raise the prices. Appreciate you boys, but raise the price that's an insane price to start with like seven dollars this is the price from like the 40s or something they just never like (laughs) grandfathered it up that's crazy all right what do we got we got to talk about football eventually yeah let's let's get into the show before we do that um i do want to give uh thoughts and prayers to former florida gators pitcher kevin chapman uh kevin chapman pitched for the gators from 06 to 2010 um his father was just diagnosed with brain cancer so i know nick tweeted out a uh, gofundme uh, a couple of days ago we'll retweet it again uh, but please give your thoughts and prayers out to the chapman family and to gary uh chapman um and we certainly wish you um the best and and hopefully um safe healing um, soon. Um, but let's get on to the show. As always, we want to give a shout out to our friend, Alan Horn with state farm insurance. If you're looking for auto home renters, life business insurance, or retirement planning in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, or Florida, give him a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at www.allenhorninsurance.com or follow him on Twitter at Alan, or pardon me, at SF Agent Alan H. So thanks again, Alan, for your support of Stadium and Gale. Again, 706-692-2888. Gentlemen, I think the big news that we need to talk about is Jalen Rashada. Uh, obviously, the four-star uh, quarterback out of Pittsburgh, California, uh, that Florida looked to be in the driver's seat for. Um, pushed back his announcement date last week uh, to this upcoming weekend, the 26th, I believe, um, is going to be taking a midweek visit to Miami uh, that I believe starts tomorrow through Thursday. Uh, original plans had said that he might go through the weekend and come back the day that he was going to announce on the 26th, but it does look like he's going to go midweek. Um, Nick, I know you think we're just a visor on the table. Um, Corey, I know that you're still – uh, optimistic. What are y'all's thoughts going into Jalen Rashada's announcement? I, I don't have any like fresh new information, but as far as uh, the, the midweek visit is is obviously a better visit for us. Uh, I just like I'm just gonna stick to the information that has been put out um, in the past. Uh, uh, what they're looking for, the depth chart wise, uh, quarterback centric coach. Um, Things like that. Um, he's been to Florida twice in the last in the last month. This Miami visit and Miami popping up last minute is is definitely a thing. But I'm just not gonna right now. I'm just gonna in my mind. I think I think he's a Gator, bro. We'll see what happens. You got to make this visit. But on paper and how this recruiting play, has played out, um, NIL is a thing now. Mm-hmm. This could be something to drive up the price. You know, I'm not saying this is totally what it is, but um, Right, be, right before decisions made, I don't think Miami is the team there. Uh, if, if Miami was a play there, I, th- I think his brother would have went there. And it would have mm-hmm. been more of a combo thing because they offered him and his brother. Um, I think this is just something to drive up the price, but we'll see what's up in this recruiting. Nick, what you think? I don't know that – and I think they've even they've even come out and said, like, it wasn't like a package deal, him and the brother. Um, 
it's interesting. I, I, I know that he liked Florida. Um, after the visit, Florida felt really good. Um, I remember putting it in our DMs saying like, hey, getting word from South Florida that he's going to uh, take an OV to Miami. You, you never want, especially if it's a like a, a real player, you don't want to have the last official visit, the one like right before uh, a commitment to be like at a Texas A&M or at mm-hmm. a Bama or a Georgia. You want that last visit if you can. So I don't know. I think I know Florida still feels good. Um, probably better to, for Florida, for him to be there midweek and six, I think Cormani McLean is going there this weekend. Yep. For an That's official. Correct. So better that he's doing it midweek. Uh, but I mean, it's not going to make anyone feel. I'm not even scared about that. Like Cormani McLean is not going to go play for Noah die. I don't even believe that. Like I don't care if both of them go down there on the weekend. I would be, I would feel, still feel good about Carmody McClain. That don't yeah, say I think, nothing. In my mind, I know, I'm not, I'm I know not coming still take, feels good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I, I know I Florida still feels good. I just wonder if, um, and I want to make any not any accusations. I wonder because like he loved it. It seems like, to me at least, it seems like other people might have as much say in the recruitment and commitment as, as the kid does. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's definitely a family situation. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to put my thoughts together. I'm not sure um, if this visit changes much. Um, I know that he's obviously been recruited by Miami for a long time. He's been recruited by Mario Cristobal, both at Oregon and now at Miami. Uh, I think it depends on what he's looking for. If it's just dollars, uh, obviously we don't know which teams are coming with the best NIL deals and what those dollars look like. Um, I think if you look at Miami's QB room compared to Florida's QB room, there's certainly more um, suitors in the way of that starting position at Miami than there is at Florida. I think that Florida offers certainly an opportunity for a guy like Jaden Rashada to potentially play as a freshman uh, that I don't believe exists at Miami, you know, Miami has, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, they have um, Jake Garcia's kid. um, And then they have uh, the other guy from who am I forgetting Um, from Georgia from a couple cycles ago. So they, they still have, um, you know, some, some folks in the way. So I think that if you're looking at Florida's opportunity, Ja'Curry you know, Brown, Ja'Curry Brown, thank you. So I know, you know, Florida obviously offers an opportunity to play probably quicker. I do think that Florida offers, you know, an opportunity for NIL money. And it just depends on what he's looking for, what people are looking for. Um, I don't blame the kid for taking a fifth official visit and getting a free trip to Miami, oh, no. uh, especially, you know, if, if somebody else is going to pay for it. Right. So um, I'll be very interested to see, you know, what does play out. I still think that he comes to Florida. Uh, and and if not, I, I don't know where Florida goes. I know Emory Williams is sitting out there as a guy that that's looking at Miami. Um, you know, there's some potential talk that he silently committed to Miami on his visit this past weekend. So obviously if Jane Rashada, you know, commits to Miami, that changes. Uh, but I still think that there's, you know, some quarterbacks that Florida could go after, but it certainly, you know, puts Florida in a pickle if they aren't able to get his commitment. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a fright, Dan. No, I feel good, man. Uh, we'll see yeah. what happens. Anything can happen in recruiting. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not like scripture or the Bible or anything like that. But yeah. uh, I just like, like you said, the depth, like we both said, the depth chart, 
Um, and things we just know about the family and what they're looking for as far as like programs. Um, yeah, everybody Absolutely. relax. I feel more. I feel more threatened by Jimbo. Um, yeah, you anyway. can't for, you can't forget all the other people that are in play. Um, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we've got uh, we'll we'll pick up recruiting here in a bit. We've got Brad Wilkerson joining the show. Uh, why don't you do a Gramco ad read and then we'll get Brad on the show. Uh, be sure to visit the great folks at thegramco.com. Use coupon code SG25 at checkout for 25% off. Uh, gummies, pre-rolls, uh, wake and bake coffee. They have several flavors in the gummies. They have uh, fruit punch, watermelon, uh, blue raspberry. Everything is fairly legal. Delta nine marijuana, Delta eight marijuana, mail to your mailbox, um, discreet shipping, once again, um, coupon code SG25 at checkout for 25% off. Perfect. Well, we are joined by probably considered one of the best Florida Gators baseball players of all time. Uh, originally from Owensboro, Kentucky, Brad Wilkerson played from uh, 1996 to 1998 under Andy Lopez's Florida Gators baseball team was drafted uh, by the Montreal or played, pardon me, in his uh, MLB debut for the Montreal Expos and finished his career with the Toronto Blue Jays. We are excited to welcome you on, Brad. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me. You hear me okay? We got you, brother. I don't know where in the hell my AirPods went, but <laughs> one of my kids, they always get the blame. <laughs> That's right. So, so Brad, want to uh, start as we, we always do uh, with folks. Uh, how did you ultimately end up uh, at the University of Florida, especially from from Kentucky? Uh, it was very interesting. Um, it was coming down to the end, and you know, Florida hasn't really recruited me. And a good friend of mine ran into Coach Lopez at a scouting event late in the fall, and and I guess some dialogue was exchanged with who's on me who's recruiting me he was kind of you know got the job late in the summer and just trying to get his first recruiting class going and you know ended up you know he recommended me to him and they kind of offered me sight unseen and I was kind of like you know should I go visit or not and we ended up driving down to Gainesville and you know I think I had Ohio State Miami a little bit Tennessee was in the mix pretty heavy um, and I had a little deal at the high school back in the day and a lot of people were there and excited about it and going to the press conference, I didn't, really didn't know what I wanted to do. So, uh, it was crazy, but I ended up doing Florida and, you know, ended up being pretty good for me. That's awesome. So Brad, what was the transition like from, from small town, Kentucky to, to Gainesville in, in college baseball? Well, it was, you know, you never know what to expect. You know, you think you're going to do something and you're excited about going to the program. And I, like everyone else, probably I had a lot of freshman jitters going in the fall and didn't really perform well early in the fall and kind of broke through late in the fall and, you know, had a big day late, four for four, I remember, and pitched well on the mound. I had a good fall pitching wise, but just making the adjustment weight training and all the things we had to do and responsibilities, you know, it took me a while to get going. But once I got on the field and got going, it was, you know, I kind of knew I was in the right place and, you know, ready to go and contribute right away. It was kind of evident right away that I was ready to go toward the end of the fall. Were you, uh, 
from Kentucky? Were you a Kentucky fan at all growing up? Oh, big time. <laughs> I still am. You know, anytime, you know, it's tough when the Gators play Kentucky and, you know, I, I, I want to see Kentucky do well. And I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan and obviously a big, you know, Florida basketball fan as well. I worked in Coach Donovan's office for internship when I was there at University of Florida and got to know the coaching staff there and followed them a lot. And, you know, I'm a big basketball fan. So I've always loved the Wildcats and like to see them do well as, as well. So, you know, it's kind of, I had a little bet with a friend, you know, they came down, Tim Couch's quarterback and Bill Curry's, you know, the coach. And I'm like, yeah, this will be less than 21 points. We had a little, you know, little beer bet or something and, and uh, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. But um, I was like three touchdowns or it's going to be less than that. Bill Curry comes out running the option with Tim Couch. I'm like, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> we end up getting beat. I think Florida beat Kentucky that game 70 to three in Gainesville. Mm. I remember they didn't make the first first down until uh, the third quarter. I think the uh, Florida faithful game was standing. Oh, it was awesome. Like those are all <laughs> football games in Florida were unbelievable. The three years it's, you know, it makes you know, school is so enjoyable when your football team's that good and all the other sports are so good. You support them and, you know, all the athletes. And, you know, obviously we were pretty good as well. So there's a lot of – So were you – it was your freshman year when Florida won the national championship, 96? Or was it your sophomore year in that football? Was, that was my sophomore – yes, my sophomore year. Um, I guess my sophomore fall. Um they got beat. They got beat by Nebraska the year before, right? Right. In '95, yeah, and then uh, came back and won it. So that was a lot of fun. I remember the Tennessee game. I can't remember my freshman year or sophomore year when Peyton Manning came to town, and it might have been later. I don't know, but they missed a field goal into the half, and we ended up scoring like you know 30 straight points in the second half. It was pouring down rain, and Peyton Manning didn't have a shot. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I remember those days. What was but that it, like? What was that like as a student? Dan, Dan was at UF during the the uh, the basketball back to back and the football two and three years. So he was mm -hmm. there for that. Uh, but what was that like, just as a student for the first football national championship, and as a, a student athlete as well? It was unbelievable because a lot of the guys we we stayed at Hall ninety five, and a lot of the football guys were in there. A lot of the other athletes were there. Uh, I think I was the first class to stay in there, maybe the second. Um, but we always congregate out there and shoot the crap and, you know, know a lot of the guys. And, you know, it's just awesome to get the, you know, we, we didn't practice on the weekends. I think we practiced on Sunday. I don't remember. But um, it's cool to be able to go to the football games and enjoy those experiences. And that's, you know, a huge piece to your experience. You know, as a coach now, I try to, you know, talk about the social part of it. it's a big piece that i think a lot of us are missing out on these days that we got to experience a lot of great times and enjoy that part of it that does sound like a, a baseball coach move though uh in the fall playing fall ball like hey we've got early lift on sunday make sure you know that the team isn't out drinking all day you know tailgating for for football oh definitely <laughs> yeah we'd have those we'd have a couple of surprise workouts and you know those early friday morning workouts it was it was pretty it was a lot of fun but you know we we grinded it out and we do what we need to do to be successful whether it was you know maybe we we're hanging out the swamp too much one night or 
wherever we were, but um, looking forward to that restaurant coming back. But um, yeah, it was it was good times. Where, Brad, where were where were the, uh, the the ball players hanging out at the time? Right, I mean, you have a lot of new bars in Gainesville now, but was it the Porpoise? Was it Balls? Was it Grog? It was all over the place. I think the Grog just opened up when we, you know, when I was in school. I think. Oh man, it was a good time to go. It was clean then. Yeah. You know, swamp a little bit. You know, downtown a little bit. We try. You know, we tried to be smart. Like we'd have our times, but we try to be smart. And a lot of guys had houses, and we there a lot too. So. You know, it's it's good to go have a good time, but also be smart about it too, and not get, you know, yourself in a bad situation. So, but those, you know, us athletes and all together, you get, you know, hang around each other. So we kind of looked after each other, I think, too. You know, not just the baseball players, but you know, other athletes as well. Brad, I, I hate to take it back a little bit, but did you play? You say you're a basketball guy. Did you play other sports uh, outside of baseball? Or was baseball your only sport in high school? Yes. I was a four sport guy in high school. Um, I was soccer, football were the fall. Um, I was probably going to be the high school quarterback. And, you know, a bunch of my buddies were soccer players. We grew up together playing soccer. We were very good at it. We were, I think we were number one in the state of Kentucky every year that I was involved at Apollo High School in soccer. We had a very good team. So, I ended up making the decision to quit football, ended up just kicking field goals on the football team and, you know, playing soccer. And then I played basketball and baseball. It was a big adjustment for me. When I went to Florida, I really, honestly, I didn't, and times are changed now, but I really never lifted weights until I got to Florida. I remember having to walk up from the football stadium and lifting to walking up the ramp to our academic hall over there. I couldn't do it the first week. So, <laughs> so it, it came easy for you, sound like like you use a big guy on campus at uh in high school. Um, what was it like when you first got to University of Florida? Was it was it a little bit tougher for you as far as being the, the, the guy? Oh yeah, I mean, it, like I said earlier, it took me a while to get you know accustomed to it. But once we got into fall practice and started, you know, getting involved in the baseball part, and then I went home for Thanksgiving, and you know, I was. You know, I enjoyed it, but I was also away from home. So coming back and kind of getting that second win and getting ready for the season, you know, I knew it was go time. You know, you get off to, you know, trying to juggle all the stuff, you know, like I said, the weightlifting, everything going on. And then we had that first big season and I ended up hitting the Grand Slam against Florida State in the World Series. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like, holy cow, it's pretty cool. You walk back and everybody's saying, I'm like, how the heck does this person know me? But it was pretty but we ended up, you know, we had a lot of fans at the games and, you know, a lot of people supported the baseball program back then. They're starting, I think, you know, this year it looked like it was back to where it needed to be a little bit more. And, you know, it's always a lot of fun with the student body supporting it the way they did for us. Brad, you were the first person to um, to hit 20 home runs, steal 20 bases and win 10 games as a pitcher um obviously nobody had done it before that but when did you realize something like that was was it was within reach uh for you uh that 98 season i'm gonna be pretty lame about this answer probably but i i didn't really think about it you okay. know a day basis i just kind of went about and i wanted to compete i wanted to win you know i was kind of a butthole in between the lines i just wanted to win i didn't want anybody to beat us and 
it was calling on me to hit a home run or calling on me to strike a guy out or calling on me to steal a base to win a game, that's what I tried to do. And, uh, you know, I think my teammates knew that I was there to win and didn't care about, you know, other guys. And I want freaking our team to win and do whatever I could to do it. And fortunate enough, I was able to do both. You know, it was tough. I think toward the end, my junior year, I started to wear down a little bit, just the arm and stuff was starting to wear down for me because it's a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I was, you know, I, I kind of have not regrets, but I didn't get a chance to go play in the summer. I went home both summers, my freshman, sophomore year, actually sophomore year, I came back summer being worked out at school, but, um, I didn't go up to the Cape or anything. I kind of just hit in the men's league back home and just kind of rested because I was just, I was spent every year. Um, and just kind of come back and rejuvenate everything I need to do to get ready for the season. And maybe that hurt me in the draft status, but I didn't really give a crap. I was there to, you know, help the University of Florida win games, and that that's what I was there for. That's um, awesome. I'll go ahead. What was I, um, I never met Coach Lopez. What was he like? The mad Mexican. He was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's one of those deals where he he had high expectations for our program, mm-hmm. high expectations for the way we played and came to the ballpark every day. And if we didn't do things right, you know, he was a big proponent of doing things right in practice. You know, he always told us his time's in practice, your time's in the game. So if we weren't doing stuff right and energetic and being ready to practice, he would really get pissed off because that was his time to really – get us ready to go for the games and um you know he was hard-nosed he expected us to be hard-nosed and it carried over to the personality i think we carried in persona on the field. um but he was awesome to play for and i was proud to be you know we were the first recruiting class my class was the first recruiting class for him and it ended up being pretty good <clears throat> um i think i played with six big leaguers while i was at university of florida and you know, it was pretty, pretty special times. That that '98 team, especially, I think, because uh, David Ross came. That was his first yep. year in '98. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Josh Fogg. Um, who else? Mark, Mark Ellis. Ellis was on that team. Yep. Yeah. Eckstein was on the year before, and the year before, the two years prior. Um, David Eckstein, and then Paul Rigdon from Jacksonville. He's a pitcher. And uh, a friend of mine uh, at the time, just a, a little freshman pitcher, Jeff Cardozo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I imagine. Uh, I imagine you hit a couple home runs off him in the fall. Um, probably. I mean, I, I just need I just need Jeff to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I had a little chat with him today or the day before, so we always catch up and talk, you know, game and see what's going on, and you know, I'm. I hope he – I know he's up for that, you know, new job at Florida, and we'll see what happens with it. But hopefully – What was the uh, College World Series like as a as the first time you went? What was your the experience like for you? Oh, she – remember, you know, you're kind of in shock. You dream about it as a little kid. I'm sitting there watching it on TV now. My son's in there watching – you know, I dreamed about it as a little kid, you know, and I want to play there someday. And, you know, I'm getting the chills just talking about it. But, you know, and get to play at old Rosenblatt and, you know, go in and 
I'll never forget. I probably shouldn't tell this story, but Jamie Shoup, we went out to dinner two weeks ago. He's at FAMU now coaching, and he was the FSU coach at the time. And I basically, in my recruiting process, I sent out like 25 letters to schools I thought I would maybe want to go to and have a good fit and stuff like that. And FSU, I shouldn't be saying this on the show, but FSU was one of them. And uh, I told Jamie, I saw him after I, the next night after I hit the grand slam off of them. And I said, Jamie, I, I wrote Coach Martin a letter and want to get recruited by FSU. And he's like, oh, he doesn't read any letters. I said, you should have sent it to me. He's like, well, I can get you there now if you want to come. <laughs> but he was joking around, but just going back to it, it was crazy. I mean, Clemson was unbelievable. They had the number one pick in the draft, and Miami lit him up. I only think he got out of the first inning. Miami was loaded. And then, obviously, LSU won it on the walk-off by Warren Morris in 96. And I get to see that on TV all the time. I at least see it once a week. And, uh, you know, we were 4-0 against them that year. Um, in the regular season tournament, World Series, we draw them again. You know how that works out when you're 4-0 against somebody. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was just a dream come true to be in Rosenblatt and you grow up watching it and seeing it and, you know, and being a part of the 50th College World Series. I mean, that was in 96, the 50th. So it was a big to-do and it was, you know, something that I dreamed about since I was a little kid. And it was rowdy at Old Rosenblatt. Oh, it was crazy. It's, you know, it's funny when you see the games on TV now and the and the Mississippi States and some of these teams, they get some fans in there and get a little rowdy. Right. You know, anytime you get LSU involved back in the day, you know, they're going to bring fans. They're going to drink a little bit and they're going to you – know, that was the most rambunctious place I've ever been, obviously. <laughs> Going out, drink, drink, uh, drink a little bit, and LSU fans. That's uh, that's <laughs> an oxymoron, right? <laughs> yeah, an ox- drink a little bit for them. Yeah, they're yeah. smart baseball fans, though. I was out there in, in seventeen, and they sang "Happy Birthday" to Deacon Lippett, who was Florida's second baseman, on his birthday. Smart awesome. baseball fans. Oh yeah, they. Came. I mean, they're they're in there. Yeah, I was over there warming up one game over at LSU sophomore year, and. I'm going to come out of the bullpen. High school curveball. You were first to, you know, uh, you'd be at LSU, like, just wearing me out, warming up. But I, whatever. But I, I came in and gave up a walk-off home run that game, too. It was, that was a lot of fun. So, um, and then, you know, they swept us that year at LSU. Their fans are lined up on the road. And we were, like, in the dugout for an hour talking. We get on the bus and. I'll never forget this. They're lined up on the road and they're beating our butts with brooms, like just killing our bus of brooms and Lopez, get the hell out of here. We're gonna get what the heck's going on? Like just yelling. And they're beating our bus of brooms. It's unbelievable. But they're very knowledgeable fans and very passionate about the game. And that's what the excitement is you know, when you get the people like that involved. Brad, I never played um baseball much past uh right when you get into kid pitch so uh, i played hockey so it's very very different um you know the trash talk is usually amongst players more so than than from the fans but um at what point did i mean was it still rattling you i mean even when you made to the to the major leagues does it rattle you do you kind of laugh it off or you know mentally what goes through your head when people are are yelling and screaming at you and digging up your life story and know about ex-girlfriends and (laughs) 
you know, your, your second cousin's failed marriage and everything else. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, I mean, it, once you get in an SEC play and you hear all this stuff, you kind of start shaking it off. You know, like at first you're like, how in the heck they know my phone number to my dorm? Like <laughs> yelling my phone number at my dorm and they're, they were counting. I don't know if we got Tennessee, they were counting, like they were doing all this stuff and they were counting. They were like on number 87 and I go back in the dugout. I was on the mound throwing and get the last out. And I go back in the dugout. I'm like, what the hell are they counting? And they're like, oh, you're counting your time to touch your cup. Because every time I would throw a pitch, I would adjust my cup. And they were counting. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh that's hilarious. Oh, they're just wearing you out. But they knew phone number to my dorm, my girlfriend's name, everything. It was it was nuts. But um, That's why it's passionate. That's why it's fun, though. Absolutely. That um, the the regional used to be different. Um, can you talk a little bit about that '98 regional? You, uh, the Gators in Illinois, you guys had to fight through the losers bracket, um, and you had a pretty epic, epic way to get to uh, Omaha for the second time. Oh, it was unbelievable. Um, it was, you know, I remember a situation where, you know, I threw a good game in the SEC tournament. You know, I remember our starting pitching was just, you know, okay, I thought. And then it depleted our bullpen because I moved into the starting role that year. And the bullpen, like, we, were, we weren't we were as deep as we were in the past pitching-wise. Um, I threw a game, and then I threw the first game back on Sunday and going 130 pitches after I threw on, like, Thursday. But um, You won't see that now. No, you're not. You're not. I mean, I think the pitching's a lot better now. There's a big demand on keeping arms healthy, you know. And I'm always a big proponent on it. It depends who the guy is. It's like they talk about pitch count all the time. And, you know, some guys I think are 120 guys. Some guys are 80 pitch guys, you know, as starters. You know, it's body type and how many stressful pitches they're having and all these different things. But like I said, I just go out there and throw it as hard as I could and go after it. But, I remember if we wouldn't have had a great hitting team, there's no way we would have been able to do it because we got some high-scoring games and some plays went our way, some bunt plays that they tried to do. We made force outs and made these unbelievable plays that, you know, we just got the breaks. And, you know, Illinois could have been in the College World Series just as easy as we were, but we got the breaks and made the plays and came with the big hits. I mean, my favorite my favorite picture is when Derek Nicholson hit the – the double in the gap and I scored the winning run and everybody's running out of the dugout and the picture, I got that on my wall in my office. That's like, I'm getting chills thinking about right now, but it was, um, it was unbelievable, you know, just to go through all that and actually, you know, we were number one in the country, I think going into the regional and just being able to get there. It's people think it's so easy to win. It's not easy to win. And, um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. I think we had fun that night. I remember that. Uh, we had a lot of fun mm-hmm. that night after we won. How crazy did the hotels get? Um, and they were they were they were home. They were on the they oh, were in oh, Gainesville. Oh, for oh y'all hosted. Y'all hosted. We we're at home. I know okay. one team was a fraternity guy, and we went to a fraternity house and bombed that place pretty good that night. <laughs> <laughs> it was good though. We get to go to one place and kind of be isolated and not right. Well, do stupid stuff and you know but it was um 
It was a lot of fun. Uh, Brad, I want to ask you, um, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about the transition from high school to college. Uh, you get drafted by the Montreal Expos. What's that transition like uh, from college ball to, to professionals? It was a little different just to be able to manage, you know, being used to playing, you know, three, four times a week, now going to play basically every day, um, being able to manage. You know, I get a big league invite to spring training that next year, had a great time, learned a lot, played well. They call me in the office a week before spring training's over, and they're like, hey, what do you think about – so I thought I was going to start in Jupiter and Florida State League. They're like, what do you think about going to double-A? I'm like, oh, let's go. You know, I was excited, but double-A wore me out first half. I got my ass kicked. But uh, um, I got kicked pretty good. First half. I ended up making adjustments and had a great second half. And it was just about – you know, not thinking, being able to forget stuff and be short-term memory. And, you know, because if you have a long-term memory here, you know, you're going to go for 16 in four days and what the heck just happened, you know? Yeah. That's how Nick was in college. Yeah. <laughs> Short-term. There were, there were a lot of offers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Brad, what was that like? Um, one of my final questions, what was it like? You were drafted by the Montreal Expos. You, you, you play in that organization for a bit. And then if I remember correctly, uh, they move you over to, the, to, to Washington for the Nationals. What was that experience like? It was, it was interesting just because I was involved in the Players Association. I was like our rep for our team and crap we had to do as far as communicating with our players what's going on and not really knowing what's going on and you know all of a sudden they say how oh, we're going to Washington and I didn't really know um it was a little difficult for me personally at first just because I was the player rep and trying to communicate all that to our players you know knowing what they're doing with their lives and their families but you know once we got there I thought Washington was great you know, obviously playing in RFK is a little different price New ballpark they have, but you know it was awesome. I mean, it was it felt like you know we never left Montreal really, and we had the same kind of group of guys. You know, just starting a new. It was a lot of experiences, like you know George Bush throwing out the first pitch and the timing of, you know the, you know after the nine eleven stuff and everything going on. It's just like it was all surreal of everything that was going on. Like, I, I don't think I've ever been as nervous playing a baseball game as I did opening night in Washington, D.C. You know, we got a packed house, and George Bush is throwing out the first pitch, and he can barely even throw the ball. He's trying to warm up. He threw 300 pitches in the batting cage under <laughs> his dugout because he had all of his bulletproof stuff on, and, you know, he could barely move. And then when he announced and they went on the field, I was like, oh, my God, because you think – you never know, but you don't want to think that way. Then I get up there first at bat. I was swinging. I was swinging. I didn't care where the ball was. I was swinging. But I, I'd never been that nervous before in my life playing baseball. I think, you know, just you know, trying to make sure we do well for the city. But the transition was good. And, you know, obviously they figured it out up in D.C. and won a championship now and got it rolling. More nervous then than – a gold medal game in the Olympics? Oof. I Versus think Cuba. I think so. You know, I, I definitely think so. Because I 
heck, we didn't have to do much except watch Ben Sheets go out there and strike them all out. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. But run, the game was over. Like, he was unbelievable. So, you know, we got up on him early. Um, yeah, it was it – was, we got into a little scuffle. We played them in the final. It was like you played every team. So, you play like 10 pool play games and then the final four, and we played them like the last game. And we mm-hmm. got a little scuffle with them. A guy slid in out of baseline and spiked our catcher and we got in a bench clear. And so there was, before that even happened, there was animosity between us and Cuba always, but you know, it, it was crazy for us to win. That game was pretty amazing. Um, you mentioned like the sliding, the game has changed so much. You're coaching now. So you're part of it and the analytics. What do you think about the direction the game has gone and, uh, everything now seems to be velo, whether it's pitchers or exit velo, and uh, it's it's almost a different game than when you were playing. Yeah, it is a little bit. I think a lot of it's being talked about. I think a lot of it behind the scenes is still the same in a lot of ways. Um, but I think it is talked about a lot. You know, obviously, I think the pitching's better, it's deeper, velo's huge. They're throwing up in the zone a little bit more the strike zone's a little higher, like all these different things and stuff going on in the game. Some good, in my opinion, some bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think the college game is kind of stuck to – there's a lot of stuff going on in the college game. You know, guys that I talk to and hitting guys I talk to, we still talk about situational hitting a lot, you know, guys – to in pro ball some organizations don't talk about situational hitting at all anymore you know it depends who you're, you know there's a you know this new age baseball the analytics part of it there's a piece to it that needs to be in the game but i i still believe that the eyes and human element needs to be a part of the game as well um so i'm still learning a lot of the analytics part and just trying to the information open to putting it in our philosophy and what we're doing Um, because the kids want it. They want to be taught and they want to understand some kids don't want any of it. So, Hmm. you know, you just got to understand the kids you have and the relationship you have with players, how you're going to, you know, make it part of your program. What would Brad Wilkerson have done against uh, Ben Joyce from Tennessee? I might have stepped out of the box, tried to hit out of the box. I don't know. <laughs> that guy, that guy throws some fuzz, right? I mean, yeah. It, you know, he, he just, yeah, you try to get your foot down and hopefully he makes a mistake. I mean, if he paints you at the knees, you probably don't have a shot. Um, Tip your cap. See ya. Exactly. Back to the, go back to the chances. Hopefully he makes a mistake in the middle of the plate. And, you know, I, I would probably choke up a little bit and be like more of a two approach swing, not try to get too big and, you know, in that band box in Tennessee, I'd probably hit a home run. So he's doing most of the work for you. If if you if you touch it, it's it's gonna go. Oh, uh, go for it! But it's amazing how hard these guys are throwing today across the board. It's it's really amazing, and you know, even thirteen you now, and just watching the kids how hard they're starting to throw. It's like holy what do you cow. attribute that to? Well, I think. You know, the training and the hip mobility, all the mobility stuff they're doing at a young age and um, the facilities. I think it's all training, you know, eating 
better at a younger age, the training, you know, and obviously, you know, chasing dreams at an earlier age. Like I didn't right. think about this when I was 13 years old, 14 years old. I was just, like I said, I was playing four sports and just competing in high school. I wasn't thinking about, you know, I didn't even know where I was going to go to school until I was a senior in high school. So these, some of these kids know they're going in eighth so you, grade. You say you ain't know the day of when you're going to decide. Exactly. So <laughs> you know, some of know where they're going to school in eighth grade. So it's kind of, you know, that's another story for another day. But, uh, you know, it is. But I think the training is huge and the nutrition is huge and the information out there about getting the velo is you know, out there and they're, they're chasing it. Um, I think some guys are losing the ability to pitch and, you know, the guys that can really pitch are really successful. We saw that with uh, Carson Finvold. Uh, now, obviously there's, there's something to it. You know, you got a team like Tennessee who's seen 96, 97 uh, all year long, but there's always going to be a place for a lefty that throws 86, 87 that can throw three pitches on both sides of the plate. And he's not even throwing 86. I think the fastest I saw him throw was like 84, but he threw three pitches, any count, both sides of the plate. There's a spot for that guy. hundred percent. You know, I think that was an unbelievable move by solely bringing him in behind, you know, it was a struggle right out of the gate, you know, Oklahoma. They haven't seen that type of arm probably all year. You know, Carson, he can throw a change up any count, any time, any place, and he can locate it. Um, so he's very difficult to follow up. You know, you got a 96 guy in there, and you bring him in throwing 84 all change ups, it's very difficult to make the adjustment. Um, yeah, Florida was playing really well at the end of the year. It was a shame that they got beat. But, you know, Oklahoma on fire, and they think they're the. You know, they weren't really a sleeper after coming out of Gainesville. But for me, you know, Oklahoma's the hottest team out there right now. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did the whole thing. Uh, Brad, I know that you're coaching at Jacksonville now. Um, what's that experience and transition been like from, from playing to, to coaching at the it's collegiate been good. level? You know, I, I started out with Team USA a little bit when I mm -hmm. did. I want to go back into coaching. So I did that for a summer, really got motivated to help these kids get better and get back to the game a little bit. I ended up getting offered a high school job down here in West Palm Beach, um, Jupiter area. My kids went to school. Um, they're still down here now because my daughter just graduated, but they're moving this summer up to Jacksonville. But, um, yeah, I just – took that job and did a little travel baseball and just did a little bit of everything, just learning, giving back to the game, giving back to the kids, really enjoy the coaching part of it. But Jacksonville has been good. You know, we had a rough go at it last year between injuries and, you know, some things that went on, you know, the regular season didn't go as planned, but, you know, our guys got healthy and they got motivated at the right time. We ended up making a regional. So, that was a lot of fun. So we got we got a ways to go. I feel like I feel very good about our recruiting class coming in this year. I feel like it's going to be, you know, a top 40, 50 class in the country. You know, the arms we got coming in, a couple bats. You know, I'm still still trying to navigate this portal. But um, yeah, excited about, you know, what we have ahead of us. You know, and I think it's going to be good.
That's awesome. Nick, Silk, you got any final questions or we'll let Brad run for the evening? No, no, no. Thanks for coming uh, coming through, Brad. All right, boys. I appreciate it. Always pleasure talking Florida Gator. You know, I look forward to getting back again. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brad. Thanks to Brad Wilkerson. Um, great story, obviously an incredible career. Um, we could have probably spent 20, 30 more minutes just talking about his time at UF and everything else. So uh, really enjoyed having him on. Uh, let's go uh, a quick shout out to Alumni Hall. Visit them, uh, alumnihall.com. Buy all of your Florida Gators gear, uh, apparel, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for a loved one, uh, whether you're looking for shot glasses, rocks glasses, um, cups, sweaters, T-shirts, jerseys, whatever you might be looking for, visit alumnihall.com. Gentlemen, get back into recruiting. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on Jaden Rashad. Rashad but no, I mean, we wait I and think, see. Yep, yeah, we'll wait and see. We wait and see. There is a lot of other news. The Gators did have a big recruiting weekend uh, this past weekend. Four-star defensive lineman Cameron James uh, was on campus out of Olympia High School in Orlando. Uh, a guy that's been trending for Florida for a while, six foot, uh, or pardon me, six, six and a half, 265 pound. Um, you know, a guy that that if you look at all of the different, you know, whether it's a recruiting prediction machine or crystal balls, they're all in Florida's favor. Uh, four star uh, ranked 152nd on on three, a 347th overall in the consensus, uh, but still is heavily leaning towards Florida uh, would be a good get for the Gators. Any thoughts on Cameron James, Silk or Nick? Cameron cool. James. Yeah. Do I have any takes on him? No, I don't have any takes. Yeah. Uh, he's alone at I four. Very important yeah. kid. Um, guys, we just need to close on. They've been on. He's been on campus a lot, um, and that's just been a reoccurring theme. The staff's really good with getting them on campus and the frequent uh, visits, but we just got to close on these guys. Um, what's it? What's his timetable again? I don't think that he has one. I know that uh, obviously he's been um, predicted to the Gators for a while. He's mentioned a potential visit to Georgia uh, this weekend. I'm not sure if that's going to uh, happen, but again, we're still um, in the, you know, the, the wait and see mode. And I think we're starting to get to that point where some of these folks that have been leans for a while, you really got to start pressing. You it's close. not that you need to pressure them, but you really need to get them, you know, what, what else are they looking for or what else are they seeking out of somebody else? Right. Yeah, like Aiden um, Mazel just came off a Georgia visit that he spoke highly of, you know, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. he's kid, both his parents are Gators. We've been leading for this kid forever. He's in Orlando local, like close, close on this kid, like, right. get him in the fold. There's no reason he shouldn't be committed. I know I'm not trying to say like we could force this kid to commit or anything like that, but I've been around recruiting a long time, man. Close is close. Does he yep. have a date? No. Myself doesn't. No, um, does, does he? Doesn't he? I think he has before before uh, uh, kickoff. He's deciding before the season. I think Aiden is. There. I know. Yes, <laughs> I, I do know that he's deciding. I'll, I'll take a look to see if he has a a date set. Um, but all I know is it's just before the season starts. Right. I think he's going to take a Bama trip as well. But anywho, yeah, that's just my take right now. Um, we'll, we'll see as the decision dates get here and these guys decide. But mm -hmm. right now. They either changing dates or, you know, we're just kind of just waiting right now, but not a whole lot of fireworks uh, as far as the big commits. We right. need some momentum here. 
Yeah, so Aiden Mizell, uh, we're talking about him, uh, ranked 50th overall on, on three, 107th nationally on the on three consensus uh, out of Boone High School in Orlando. Again, that I-4 corridor. If you look at all the prediction machine and crystal balls, again, Florida is favored in all of those. Um, like Silk said, both of his parents went to UF. He spoke very highly of UF, but that's a kid you know that, that Florida needs. Um, another receiver that Florida um, has been looking at, is again another top 50 wide receiver ranked 48th um, on on 345th in their consensus. Uh, Eugene Wilson. Um, it's our understanding that he's going to announce this week. Feel um, good. I, you feel good by him? I do. Um, yeah. I know that that Florida, Alabama, Texas A&M are all in the mix. I do think uh, that Florida is um, in the driver's seat again. Decision could be this week. Uh, but also it could just be another decision to have a final three, right? Who knows, right? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, it could be, but again, a guy that's been on campus a bunch of times has always been talking, you know, has always talked about Florida highly, um, has consistently been on campus, always talks about how great Florida is. You have to start to get these kids, you know, in the fold. Um, you know, there's another guy that UF is looking at Isaiah Nixon, um, Isaiah Nixon, uh, not a lot of recruits shocked the world, but I think uh, Isaiah Nixon did a few uh, months ago, back in April. Um, he committed to UCF over the likes of Florida, USC, Georgia, uh, Florida State. Uh, but he committed to UCF back in April. He backed off of that commitment yesterday, which would have been June 19th. Um, he's ranked 160th overall on the on three uh, rankings, 169th in their consensus out of Lakewood uh, High School in St. Petersburg. Uh, Florida's had some success out of Lakewood in the past, but um, you know, recruiting machine, crystal balls all came rolling in for Florida yesterday uh, to get him. Again, hasn't announced you know when he might commit, uh, but you know. Florida needs to try to get him in the mix if they're going to, um, you know, continue to try to ride some momentum going into the season. Cause we're, we're almost to July, which means that we're only two months away from the start of the season. Um, and we just know historically, you know, commits and the way that visits have been happening that you just don't expect as many visits during the, uh, the football season. And that a lot of these kids are starting to wrap this stuff up before, you know, their senior season does start. It seems like this staff is trying to do, um, officials not during the season right um trying to do that in the summer um i, I think i like, like this train i think i like that strategy though because it's like if you come during the season yeah you can see the game you can see the atmosphere but you're not going to get like that one-on-one time with a coach um and if you've got a good game kid might come anyway so when you have time in the summer to actually do one-on-one time, spend time with the prospects, then I think that would be a better use uh, of an official. And if they really want to see Florida LSU, Hey, uh, more, more than happy to host you. Yeah. It seems to be a trend though with uh, the visit because all of these kids are, like on tours. So like, mm-hmm. like right after they visit Florida, they always, there's always other visits like two or three set up. Um, it's just like it's it's hard to get that attention at an official visit when a, at a football game. Uh, it's such right. a business now, so it's more like a business sit down than than uh your traditional visits like in the past. So yeah, it's hard to get that off during the season. Yeah, no, totally, um, totally get it. I mean, when I was you know working on the recruiting staff for those four years, I know, um, you know those kids that came on for official visits always seemed a little bit more rushed 
then than kind of what you can do during the summer now um, because you had the game. So you maybe had a few minutes to interact with the coaches before, you know, the game or the night before, you know, during the game, you know, on the field. And then after the game, they're kind of rushed around, you know, it never really seemed like, you know, top notch, you know, a top-notch feel, right? Um, and especially if it was a night game uh, or an afternoon game, then you're rushing around trying to figure out dinner or what are you going to do? And it just, it, you didn't seem to have the same time to spend with the coaches and truly get a feel for the program. And it does seem like there's a lot more that Florida wants to talk about, about the overall program, Gator made other things that they're doing, academics, you know, that maybe hones, you know, in on a, a summer official visit a little bit more. But I, I think, Corey, you, you speak, you made a good point there with saying you're starting to see a lot more official visits now for everybody, not just Florida um, during the summer. And I think that it makes a lot of sense. And then you can go into your senior year, you know, hopefully with a, a place picked out and be able to focus on that and not all the other, you know, nonsense and noise that might be happening, you know, trying to get visits off and, you know, if you play on Fridays and you go up to a game Saturday and you have to be back at school on Monday, that's a, a pretty limited window, you know, yeah. compared to what you might be able to do during the summer. Um, uh, Florida did get a commitment, but do want to talk about some other names that were on campus. Um, Keldrick Falk was on campus. Uh, Monroe Feeling, uh, he's an offensive tackle, um, was on campus and he spoke highly. Uh, Sean Tompkins, offensive lineman. Uh, said that uh, Florida and Baylor are leading the way uh, for him. Uh, but the Gators did grab uh, an, uh, a commit on on Sunday from Tommy Kinsler out of Trinity Catholic in Ocala, uh, ranked as a three-star, um, split between offensive tackle and offensive guard, depending on where you look, six foot six, 330 pounds. Um, what do you guys think on, on Tommy Kinsler? Good get. Out of uh, you know, um, the offensive line recruiting is, is is the most positive thing right now we got going. Um, shout out to Rob Sell and, and Stapleton, uh, but but a big frame guy. I don't know what, what do we want to play him offensive guard, offensive tackle. Do you know? I believe it's offensive guard. Yeah, Mauler, guy that could you know look good in his film with, with run blocking. Um, Good foundation to the offensive line class is, is what I gather from this take, man. Uh, solid recruiting thus far. Um, solid evaluation. Uh, Florida kid, keeping local kids here. I think we got a couple more trenches. Uh, we offered a kid from Bluehost as well. So mm -hmm. just keeping the local kids, man, doing what we need to do right around the crib. And we've talked about it before. They definitely have a type uh, on the O-line. Big. Huge. Yeah. Big kid. Yeah, <laughs> they definitely have a type. Um I think there was a lot of like pushback because it, it was a three star. Um, and I get that, but also it's like that that's a really tough um O line's a little it, bit. It's such a it's such a projection with O line. Especially yeah. after just your junior year too. Right. 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 And I'm not I'm not saying that the kid will be a four star or five star or that he's not a three star, or I'm not saying that he won't be, right? But I think what's his offers? At, Right. You, you look at some of the offers. I know that Miami had him highly ranked on their board and they were recruiting him very hard. Um, you know, and that's a former offensive line coach, right? Um, as their head coach, right? right? So uh, right. I hate to break it breaking yeah. news, but uh Miami just got a quarterback commitment from Emory Williams, that, that panhandle kid. Uh Gabby uh. Gabby just reported from two four seven. That makes a lot of things interesting, man. We'll see. But it's more depth chart stuff. I don't know, man. We'll see what, my, what Miami stands and all this after the visit. But um, that's interesting. 
Yeah. And I mean, that that's, is uh, very interesting, especially the day before he comes on campus, right? That, yeah, that timing. What that reminds me of, um, shoot, I think we talked about it before. Who was it? It was Felipe and was it Haskins? Yeah, Haskins. Is that we're on the visit together? The word, the word was that they, they, they accepted his commitment as a silent and they was going to still go after Rashada. So this is interesting that they went public the day before Rashada's going on campus. It's got some hmm. big some big Felipe vibes looking around being like, wait, what? like him. what's happening here? Let me let me reserve my table. I like it for Miami. I I like Emory Williams as a QB. Um, I don't think that he's a, a bad player. Um, you know, I think Jaden Rashad is better, obviously. Um, but that is exceptionally interesting timing. Um, no, I don't know what to read or, or make of it. Obviously, he tagged the coaches and everything else. So uh, the articles are out. The quotes are there. Um, I mean, it would be, be odd to see him decommit right away. But who knows? I've seen stranger things happen. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be weird. It's not happening. <laughs> There's no way that kid commits today and they commits tomorrow or something, right? right? That'd be hilarious. I, I just, <laughs> just kind of taken aback, right? Um, why? You thought? Did you think you thought we? Uh, why would that commit? I didn't think they've they been, they they been saying that until they knew. Right, yeah, I, I don't think that I you thought. accept that commit because you don't. I mean, Miami doesn't have a bottleneck of at, at quarterback recruiting, right? So they don't necessarily need two people. They've got their their lineage in order. Unless they're expecting somebody to transfer, Miami doesn't need two quarterbacks, right? And if you're going to, you know, fly a kid across the country, obviously you probably think that Jaden Rashad is better. But why do you then create any sort of? doubt right. in his mind right? right 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 you know it's not like florida that probably needs you know two quarterbacks or they're not going to take one if they get jane rashada but you know where florida has you know some some deficiencies at quarterback i don't think miami has the same deficiency hmm i don't, I don't think they need i don't think florida needs two quarterbacks this class no i don't think that they do either i mean i think that florida is going to get two quarterbacks they need an elite quarterback this class yeah I, I think that, I mean, you know, I stand by it. I still think that Florida has a huge issue at quarterback. Whether they get Jaden Rashad or not, they're going to have to get a second quarterback, I think. I think we're fine. I think, I think, I think I'm with, I'm with Nick. I think we're fine. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it depends on Anthony Richardson. You're not going to get another quarterback before going into next year, I don't think. But if Anthony Richardson goes think, pro, I think you just let Jaden Rashad and Jack do their thing, man. I don't, I don't think you go bring anybody else in the fold. You just recruit out of the next recruiting class, yeah. in my opinion. Because you have you have Max Brown and then you have Jalen Kidnap, right? Yeah, shout yeah. out to them boys. But um, you recruit over them. Yeah. No, yeah, no, of course. I mean that that's ideal, right? But you recruit over them, and you also lose them as well right does a mac brown transfer does a Man, hopefully, hopefully they, they want to be the next cow trask and they just hang around then but um we got we i don't think they, they could double up and because these kids are gonna leave anyway like doubling up is just the same thing like it's just yeah. as dangerous like there's no difference so i think you just keep going one and when when, when times get real desperate you could you, you know hit up a five star to sit on the bench somewhere and say hey we got a spot for you man we hiring. 
We got an NIL deal for a starting quarterback at university. That's what it is now, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got a spot What's open. Ad, man. Oh, um, man. Yeah, that's I, interesting. I'm glad it happened mid show, too, man. It's good podcasting. I like it. Cedric Baxter Silk uh, was on campus again. Uh, must get for the Gators. Your thoughts? Maybe not a must get. Very I was say a must get. Maybe maybe a, a maybe a, a, uh, a, a he's a, a top, class changer. He's top. He's top of my board, man. I found out he was a, a, a five six one kid, so you know he catapulted him a little bit higher, bro. We got to see. I think that's gonna come down to the very last minute. He's deciding late. Um, I like the frequent visits and all that, but you know, Bama, their history with running backs. You know, all the big dogs is in this one. And, and I know this one is going to come down to some NIL. And there's no secrets about this one, you know. Um, so we'll see where we're at with it. But right now, it's just a bunch of visits. We like it. We're close to home. This is more than norm. We're getting the visits, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We just need them to pop. Shout out to the visits, but, you know. Yeah. A lot, you, of, money, man. A lot of money some, being spent. On got some trolls to get Unofficial on, visits to UF right now. There, uh, there's a lot of like panic. There's a lot of. I don't know why they're doing all I guess that. Panics. Now. I guess panics the way to the way to put it. No, panic is definitely think, the way to put it. I think anxiety. it's too early. I call it too anxiety. early to judge. Like Might anxious. be some some like, PTSD based on big the PTSD. last staff. Um, it's way too early to judge them though. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I thought that they closed the last class I mean, pretty we, well. We gotta just, I mean, oh, this is what we haven't talked about. They lost AJ to uh, AJ Harris to, to the Georgia. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So we could judge that. There's one thing we could judge. You know, uh, that's the guy we thought was going to pop. We had yeah. one lead, and there was some buzz. You know, there was message boys. Everybody was kicking up. Crystal Balls came in. And then it was just what happened. He goes to your rival. Mm. Got closed, bro. Closers closed. We just get into that brink of guys about to commit, and then they go other places, and we just not getting guys in the fold. Um, the visits are great. The, 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 the social media, all the, the media around the visit, everything is is fire. They put they got a good product, good operation going. We can see it. We want to see the results, man. That's it. And then I'm not firing anybody. I'm vibing. Like it's no no reason to panic or anything like that. But I get why people frustrated. I thought we was getting AJ. I was about to start talking crazy about him, man. We had, we had some smoke one night, you know, a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, I thought. Well, I mean, I the, thought... the articles were written, right? Probably. Let's keep it a buck, right? The articles were written back in April. Right. Um, the emojis flew. The emojis I, I, flew. I didn't let mine fly, thank God. Well, I mean, you're not I the one better. accepting or not accepting commits. So those emojis that were accepting oh, commits flew. Oh, you thought that was so, – so oh, you're saying those, te- those tweets – Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the emoji tweets were, were flying, right? Yeah, so yeah. um yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough one. I mean, AJ Harris is is another. I mean, you know, Florida has a great backfield, I think. You know, a lot of great <laughs> young players, but that's a guy that you want to get. It's University of Florida, you lead. You got the D, you got Corey Raymond on your campus. You gotta close. Mm-hmm. Right? You gotta close. No excuse not to. So you still have Cormani McLean. You still have Sharif Denson. You still have Tony Mitchell, right? AJ Harris hasn't signed anything yet. So you can theoretically still, you know, recruit him. And, um, you know, but you know, Florida has a lot of opportunity. I mean, we talked about how loaded, you know, the state of Florida is. Mm-hmm. And 
skill positions, defensive back, right? The I-4 corridor, Jacksonville. Um, there are a lot of great talent in areas where Florida has historically recruited well. So this is, I think, a pretty big measuring stick year. No matter how new the relationships are and the new, how new the staff is, it's still a, a pretty big measuring stick year, but you're still six months away from early signing day. Right. Hmm. And we got a lot of decisions coming up in Jacksonville as well. Um, yep. Oh, right. Dan's favorite. Love it. You know, I'll, I'll, you I'll cheer Trey for that. You got Trey on Webb. You have yeah, – At uh, the end of the month. Correct. Uh, you have uh, Pup, Grayson yep. Pup, Howard. He was on uh, campus again. What else do we have out of Jacksonville that's deciding? I had, I had, I had that written down somewhere. There's four guys out of, out of Jacksonville that's deciding this this summer. Uh, so we'll get some – we should get some guys in the fold. I feel good about all four of those guys, I think, that are deciding this summer. Here we go. Uh, Jordan Hall. Jordan Hall, yeah. Sharif Denson, Trayon Webb, Grayson Howard are all deciding before the season. And I would say that Sharif Denson is probably trending to UF. Grayson Howard. Uh, uh, a and is a sleeper there. For which one? For Sharif? Sharif? Sharif Denson, for sure. Um, Grayson Howard, Pup, um, South Carolina, UF battle, keeps coming on the UF's campus. That's probably – Pretty good for Florida. Uh, Jordan Hall, you know, I know FSU was on him pretty heavy, um, you know, still coming to UF. Uh, that's the defensive lineman, Jordan Hall, not the linebacker, Jordan Hall. Yeah. Um, and then Trayon Webb, obviously, you know, is being recruited pretty heavily by Florida, uh, but probably also knows that, you know, Florida is going to take two running backs, you know. So does he go to a place like, you know, South Carolina? And then there's um, Kenton Kirkland. You know, he's the the safety out of Reigns. I know that he's, you know, trending for, for both Florida and Florida State right now. So, definitely not names out of Jacksonville. Duval. All right, let's give a quick shout-out to Alumni Hall. Visit alumni – or not Alumni Hall. Sorry, we already shouted them out. Still visit alumnihall.com, but also visit homefieldapparel.com. If you are looking for vintage Florida Gator – aware go check them out they just dropped a florida gators track and field shirt which is outstanding uh, and they also dropped a florida baseball logo shirt um that you guys should have gotten in the mail recently so hopefully you guys got that um Came looks, through looks good what, what did you get Feels great. I mean, what? You, you gotta check I, the mailbox I, all right check the mailbox i haven't checked it that's a fact then ah well sitting in your mailbox will be a home field apparel shirt uh, best in the business when it comes to retro. I think logo. it was che- it was checked, but left. I don't know why my package was left in it. Hmm. Always got to check where your package is left. See what you did there. Homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale, all one word for fifteen percent off of your order. They have seventeen UF products that were fifty schools now. So check them out. Uh, boys, don't really have any other news, some Gator news. Then we'll get to, to the Manscaped ad read. But Anna Hall and Jasmine Moore are finalists for the Bowerman Award. Uh, they're the fourth and fifth semifinalists for uh, Florida women's track in UF history. So congratulations to them. The Bowerman is similar to the Heisman Trophy of track and field. Uh, Florida volleyball. Um, season tickets went on sale today. Go check them out. Uh, the Gators grabbed a transfer uh, out of the portal for men's tennis. Axel Neffy coming to UF from Notre Dame. 
the welcome to UF. Um, and shout out to Muriel Page, uh, former Florida Gator basketball player, uh, who will be inducted into the Washington Mystics Hall of Fame along with Vicki Bullet and Shamik Holdsclaw. Sorry, definitely know her um, as part of their first Hall of Fame class. Um, so that about wraps up Gator News of the Week. Nick, I do want to get your thoughts. Uh, a group of Gators went over to Greece. Um, you know anything more about that trip? I know I'm putting you on the spot. but um, Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Florida's kind of uh, been a little guarded with it. So it's they're calling it a service trip because they're working with a um, an organization that has been helping Ukrainian refugees. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they just didn't want it to be blown up publicly because they didn't want it to seem disingenuous. Uh, this is something that they're going to do every summer with a group of guys going somewhere um, to basically volunteer. Um, so while uh, I think there's 16, there's six women student athletes and 10 football players. Um, they're going to experience the culture, have a good time, enjoy Greece, but they're also uh, there to, for a purpose. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. They're out there for a week, 10 days. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not sure how long they're out there. They left Saturday. Greeks has some elite vibes. I need to go to Greece sometime. Yeah. It look, look, I like that. The food, the weather, just, I don't know. Something about the topography that just gets me going, Nick. Hmm. Is, uh, Greece, the white buildings, blue, blue roofs. Yeah. That's that's Greece, not Athens, but that's like one of the islands. Uh, there, there's multiple different coastal towns and things of that nature. Yeah, you, you're also probably thinking of Italy too, like Positano and stuff. But Maybe. yeah, Greece definitely has uh, the buildings in the mountains, all of that. Mm-mm-mm. Shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. Shout them out. Be sure to use coupon code SG20 uh, for 20% off of all your Manscaped needs. It's the, it's the, when the thicker, thicker things when it comes to the summer. Um, Have your ball deodorant on deck. I wasn't prepared uh, this past weekend, walked into the cush house and the AC was broke. Wasn't working. Wasn't cutting on, man. It took about four or five hours for an AC guy to come out there, and I was sweating my balls off because I didn't have my ball deodorant, Dan. Technical foul. You know? Uh, ball deodorant, <laughs> lawnmower 4.0, uh, and also the weed whacker. Um, they have underwear. They have everything you need. Shampoo. Um, body, body spray. Watch, yep. Body spray. Uh, don't get that act stuff. Holla at Manscaped. Get that 20% off straight to your mailbox. Support your favorite podcast, man. Coupon code SG20 at checkout for 20% off. And free shipping. Chapstick. Body chapstick. wash. I didn't even say chapstick. Look at yeah. me putting the chapstick on. Um, That's great advertising, Nick. Yeah. They have a ball spritzer. I'm not sure spritzer? what the ball spritzer does. I haven't, I haven't gotten the spritzer. Hmm. It's probably with your your home field shirt. <laughs> you got a spritzer? <laughs> Nick, you're on mute, buddy. As Dan would say, you can go on the website, use the code. <laughs> oh, no, 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 bro. 
I'm gonna influence We got the uh, we got the ball spritzer a while ago. Um, I didn't get a ball spritzer. I, I don't I don't totally know the purpose. Um, I don't know if it's to freshen up. I, I don't know. It, it seems like that that's what the ball deodorant's for. So maybe it's it's on top of that. Like it's the it's the cologne to your deodorant. Hmm. See what you're saying. I could be wrong though. I still use it. Um, I think I do got a spritzer. I just I didn't say know what it was. Yeah, yeah we got, it don't we say ball spritzer on it. It don't yeah. say ball spritzer. It just says spritzer, right? Uh, no, I don't even think it says that. Uh, I'll have to look up what they actually call it. Right. You should use it though. Um, go buy it. Um, go test it out. Let us know. Of course, man. Um, got to groom. It's 2022. You can't be out here all Harry Larry. You got to groom yourself. Let's see formulations they call it the um oh geez the crop reviver it's a ball toner and refresher toner a ball toner. i don't totally you know um <laughs> let's see here we go nick just because you're asking uh it's also on sale right now 18 percent off um the ball spray toner is just what the doctor ordered for your buds below it's soothing aloe and witch hazel uh, extracts keep your high friction areas cool, calm, and protected after a good shave. Nice. Okay, nice. so after a good shave, sprayed on a little witch yeah, yeah, hazel, yeah. a little aloe. It's like when the barber, after you get that haircut, the barber puts yeah. spray, a little spray in. <laughs> when they that's tell you to cover your eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what that is. That's, we, we gotta, so. that's what's going on. We gotta charge Manscaped more. The ad reads for Manscaped end up being like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. but that's because they're at the end of the show, so. Um, if they want to pay us more, they can move. And I'm pretty sure it's not the ad read. They sent us an email. Like, yeah, yeah, no, re- I never even read yeah. that. I don't even know what they sent me to say. Yeah. No. I start Lil, doing my own thing. You're Lil Wayne in the studio. You're not writing anything down. We're not reading. You know how I do, man. It's like, want to take hold, man. That's it. Um, Silk, I think, let's see. I had song of the week last week. Shout out to Whiskey Myers. Uh, Silk, I believe the rotation. It was a bop. It was a bop, Dan. Yeah, it was a bop. All yeah. right, all right. Um, so Silk, I believe to go back on a rotation that we were on before, uh, it's your song of the week. Unless Nick, you have something. Oh in the man, hopper. I gotta go. Text go yeah. green with Drake, man. I know y'all not feeling Drake, man, but text go green with Drake is the vibes, bro. If you can't dance to that, Nick, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. It's a vibe, cuz. Uh, yeah, I don't think I can <laughs> dance to anything. <laughs> So oh, definitely okay. not that either. Dan gonna get off on this. This is Dan's yeah, yeah, yeah. pause. Yeah, Dan's gonna get off. Big pause. Big <clears throat> pause. It, Dan can get busy on the floor, man. But uh, yeah, we out of here. Same before, corner, same time. Folks. Before we get out of here, Dan, yeah. predictions. Stanley Cup. Oh, teams yeah. down oh, bad. Man. Yeah. So uh, actually heading to the game here in a couple minutes. Um, the reason we're recording early. Team team uh, struggled game two. Um, I like us to come back. I want to say that the Lightning will will go for the three peat, but uh, I, I just don't. I don't know if I see it, but I am going to do my job. I got my tickets. I got my voice ready to to scream. Um, nice. And you just got to hope for the best. But regardless hey, of what we win, happens, man. you know I'm a, I'm a Lightning fan when the finals hit. So I hope we win, baby. Lifelong so, Lightning fan. So yeah, yeah. Re- so regardless of what happens, the next time that we record the series will either be over or will be the day before game seven. So hopefully some good stuff happens between now and then. Uh, We've got games today, game Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and then, you know, hopefully they don't score a touchdown. That was a tough one. I don't turn off uh, games. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, bro. Seven to nothing. That was just a, a mopping. 
scoring scoring on Tampa power plays. It was just uh just ugly. nuts. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, but I'm days. hopeful that my two-time defending Stanley Cup champions can get back in the saddle today. Let's see. I'm rooting for your boys, Silk. Rooting for your boys. I appreciate that, man. You that's what friends are for, bro. Nick, what do you who do you have winning the College World Series since we're in predictions? Um Arkansas. See what I'm saying? All right. Oh, shout out to uh Chris Chioza. NBA NBA National NBA champ, NBA world champion, Chris Chioza. Cheese. Nice. Nice. Didn't play, but I think he gets the same ring as Steph Curry. That's right. Hey, you know what? He he had a role on the practice squad. Getting his boys ready. Um, anytime you can see Boston lose, Nick, you all, why you just bring up the man not playing, Nick? Like we could just get out of here. We could just ended the show, man. It's probably uncalled for. Yeah, well, it was <laughs> probably it was a lot of pocket. <laughs> still gets the ring, still gets the paycheck. All right, boys, same corner, same time next week. Already. Anything. I feel like everything